to start off, Joe, let's just start at the beginning. Uh, what first inspired you to become a chef? Oh, first inspired me to become a chef. Uh, I definitely have to say that'd be my mom. I mean, at an early age, she used food to bring the family together. Uh, I was always like the focal point uh, growing up in like that Italian family where like dinner on the table was a huge deal. Brought me and my brothers, my dad, we all sit down every night and kind of like saw at a young age that power that food had and something I was immediately attracted to. And I think it just kind of took off and snowballed from there. That's great. Yeah. So it started with family for you. And then family and food. Yeah. That's, that's very fun. Both, both fun things. Um, now I know you didn't, you didn't go to culinary school, right? That wasn't your route. Um, Right. Did not go to culinary school. Yeah. Why did you choose to sort of go a different path? Well, you know, I wanted to go to culinary school. I think I, I was one of those people that was very fortunate enough at an early age to know what I wanted to do when I grew up. And I feel like, you know, I'm very grateful for that because a lot of people even nowadays don't even know what they want to do as grownups. And so I was able True. to figure that out very early. Uh, but at the time, my mom kind of knew the chefs in the hospitality industry weren't necessarily in the limelight. They had a really long and hard road uh, to get to be a successful chef. So she wanted me to have something to fall back on. So rather than just have my culinary degree, uh, she pushed me to go to university, get my bachelor's degree. And just in case, once I got into a restaurant, if it wasn't something I was in love with, I had another opportunity or another route to go. And mm, I'm smart, you know, forever thankful for that opportunity because mm-hmm. going to UC Davis, getting my degree in communications has helped me tremendously in the kitchen in terms of management, in terms of understanding people and kind of leading and bringing teams together and helping motivate everybody on that team. I feel like Mm -hmm. are all skills that I picked up while I was at school, which I may have had a harder time learning if I was just in culinary school. Yeah, that makes sense. That was really strategic of your mom and of you to really go that route. Now you, I know, specialize in pasta and I mean, you have the Italian family background, I guess, Tell me a little bit about why you've chosen that uh, cuisine to really be your um, focal point and yeah, the center of what you do. Yeah. Um, you know, it was kind of something I, I think I just fell into more than chose it on purpose. You know, I, I came <laughs> up being trained and working in uh, some pretty classical French restaurants, learning like the backbone of French technique, sauces and stocks and vegetable cookery and I originally was like in love and I still love Mexican food. It's probably like my favorite mm. kind of food to eat myself. So I always thought yeah. that like maybe I would somehow fuse Mexican food and French cooking and do something like that. Um, and then it was during my time working at Quince uh, under Michael Tusk in a Michelin starred kind of kitchen where mm-hmm. I kind of fell into the pasta station. I think with a cook at the time had gotten asked to leave the kitchen um, in the mm. middle of the day for something he had done uh, repeatedly. And I got put over on his station and kind of fell into that. And little did I know that would then become my life's passion. Uh, it was one of those things where you were making pasta every day. You had to be very involved and invested in it. And once I went down that rabbit hole, I just fell in love. And then it was reading books, watching videos on the internet, coming in early, hanging out with the pasta guys, like every Mm. single thing I could do. I was like a sponge at that point. 
wanting to absorb as much knowledge and information and touching and seeing and learning everything about pasta. And then every after that, I went to work at Lazy Bear. And that mm-hmm. kind of evolved and helped me see and understand my love of vegetables and that relationship with farmers and kind of telling their story through cooking. So it's kind of a fusion of using pasta as a vehicle to really represent vegetables in California as if it's its own region in Italy. Hmm. That's, that's really cool. Yeah. Very, very different too. What are just some of the things that you would advise other people, other chefs about making handmade pasta? I think the biggest thing people often overlook and underappreciate is the value of like the ingredients that they're putting into their dough. So pasta is two, maybe three ingredients at the most. So if you're using old or not so good, not the freshest and best possible flour, wheat, eggs, it'll reflect in the dough and the final product, the pasta that you're making. So I always tell Mm -hmm. people to find the best eggs you can, find the best and freshest milled wheat that you can, because that is the biggest percentage of what you're working with. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. Those ingredients are so important. Now, you mentioned, um, you know, vegetables, that that's sort of the other side of your passion. So, you know, we talk all the time about the complexities of sourcing good, fresh produce. Can you sort of share your approach to working with fresh produce suppliers and how you do that? Yeah, I mean, to me, it's about building relationships. And it's like these farmers have been doing this for generations on the same piece of land. And there's family and there's history involved in what they're doing. Some of them only grow corn and they've been growing corn for five generations. So building that relationship with them, understanding their story and why they only grow corn, their land is ripe for it. It's perfect for it. So that'll then give you the best possible corn you can have. And then understanding someone else, they grow a different product or maybe down A couple miles south of the corn farmer is another person that has a lower elevation, a different type of soil because of the runoff, and all of a sudden peppers grow really well for them. And kind of understanding and talking to the people that the produce is coming from and the people that spend their time growing it, just like I spend my time cooking it, it's just as important to know where it's coming from and why they're doing things the way that they are because they know best. Right. That makes sense. What do you, what do you look for in a local farm or a supplier that you would want to partner with? Well, to me, one of the biggest things that often gets misinterpreted and that people don't understand, I think out of ignorance is being USDA certified organic Mm. because people don't understand that there's tons of red tape, tons of paperwork, filing forms, fees and expenses to become certified organic. Some of these farms are small. They're barely making any money. So in order to be certified organic, they can't afford all of the legal red tape of doing Mm -hmm. and crossing and getting that certification where they very well may be doing everything according to organic practices and just not have that label. And then something that frustrates me is people will turn their nose up on it being uneducated or not understanding the processes to become certified and will completely disregard and write off a farmer or a farm Mm. just because they don't have that certification. So to me, it's really just getting to know and talking to the people that, that are growing and selling the, the food because 
they're the ones that'll tell you that story. And once you understand that, then you kind of are open to so much more possibilities. Right. Yeah. Now, what fruits or vegetables are you currently, you know, enjoying working with or excited by right now? Uh, right now, I feel like we're just getting in as much as spring just started. I'm already seeing like summer produce uh, at the markets. Corn is one of my favorite ingredients. Uh, it's just like one of those sweet vegetables and I kind of have a sweet tooth. So it plays like that sweet and savory note in, in dishes and goes uh, wonderfully with pasta in all different forms. Yeah, I love corn too. Now, when you're looking for yeah f- fresh vegetables, fresh fruits, are you going to markets? Are you are you sort of seeking out new ingredients uh, based on what's in season? Yeah. So, I mean, I always try to, even when I'm not doing an event or cooking, I'll just go to the farmer's market on Sunday or Wednesday or whatever day it is and just see what's there when I'm traveling and I'm out of other cities and other towns. So there's a farmer market, farmer's market on that day. I'll go and just walk around. Even if I have my ingredients and dishes kind of lined up, I'll go and see what there is because if there's something better or more beautiful, there's no reason I can't change it an hour or two before I'm about to cook because I want to have the best possible produce and ingredients possible. Yeah, that makes sense. You know, are there are there some trends right now in the culinary industry that you're seeing in regard to what ingredients are being used or focused on and I mean, do you even follow those trends? Yeah, I think I think right now the biggest trend that I'm seeing and maybe not necessarily about a specific ingredient, but what we're doing to ingredients and vegetables is like the prep fermentation uh, making koshos and misos and preserves out of vegetables, utilizing all the trim of vegetables. I mean, it's something I've been doing for years. And now, like, it's starting to become more common practice, which is awesome to see. People are finally starting to understand it. People are trying it in all different ways and forms. And I think really, like, Rene Redzepi with his fermentation book that came out uh, recently, really just kind of paving the way and doing for the industry what Thomas Keller's like sous vide book did 10 years mm-hmm. ago. Now, what's sort of the benefit of fermentation? What have you seen, you know, in your work? Why, why do that with vegetables? I think one, it utilizes parts of the vegetable you wouldn't normally utilize. It allows you to use vegetables out of season. And then mm-hmm. it coaxes flavors out of vegetables you wouldn't normally be able to get from that vegetable. So it kind of opens up a whole new flavor palette when, say, you're working with beans, you start to ferment them, you start to preserve them, you get a whole new different range of ways you can use beans than just using them fresh. Mm. Yeah, that makes sense. What's your process for creating menu items, new menu items? Uh, you know, it's one of those things that comes in all shapes and forms. I don't think there's a direct process. I often don't like to think about menus too far in advance. Like right now I'm traveling and doing events everywhere and have multiple menus lined up that I need to write, but I wait until I'm closer to the date, maybe about three weeks out or so to write that menu because Mm -hmm. I'm constantly eating. I'm constantly traveling, seeing new things, trying new things, watching other chefs do new things and kind of that whole process. I mean, I could get inspiration from anywhere. My girlfriend gives me a huge source of inspiration. Oh, cool. Whether it be from music 
uh, from plants, from nature, kind of everything coming together and using any which outlet as a form of inspiration. I don't really have a set way that I come up with things. It's more of like, I'll see something and it'll spark something. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. You look, you have inspiration in daily life. It's cool. Yeah. What kind of advice would you give to chefs to stay motivated and even creative in their kitchens? You know, I, I like to, one of my biggest things I say is like every day just to, to do better than the day you did before. And it's that passion mm-hmm. to constantly improve upon the previous day's work, whether that be like dicing your onions a couple minutes faster, using one less towel when you're butchering fish. And that kind of like strive to do better translates then into everything that you're doing, whether you're right. cooking that piece of steak, you're slicing those cucumbers, It'll all translate and carry over if you have that mindset of constantly wanting to just do better because you could teach someone how to brunoise a red pepper. You can't teach someone to want to be better every day. Yeah, true. (laughs) Now, I kind of want to switch gears here for the end of the interview and just talk a little bit about um, your time on Top Chef. Um, Mm -hmm. So, yeah, so very, very exciting. Congratulations that you came in third. Yeah, that is amazing. Just incredible. I've seen the show and I'm, I'm wanting to know, you know, how did the actual competition compare to sort of what you, sort of what your expectations were going in? What, what were some of the differences between what it was actually like? Well, I had a unique perspective because I had never seen the show before going on it. Oh, So I never had a chance to really know what I was getting into. So I had in my <laughs> head this whole idea of kind of, you know, it was on Bravo I had seen the housewives and I was like, Oh, I hope this isn't <laughs> a bunch of chefs living in a house and drama. Right. And that's like right. what it's focused on. And so that's kind of like the only thing I had in my head as to like maybe what it would be like. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't have been more wrong about the entire yeah. experience. It was sure a bunch of chefs living in a house, but it was a serious, serious level of competition. Yeah. Everybody was incredibly talented. Every day was a new challenge, constantly cooking, constantly creating, constantly coming up with new things. And I could never have anticipated that, but in the best way possible. Yeah. No, it seems like such an intense process. I mean, just like the the time frames itself on how much time you have to actually create these amazing dishes. I'm just like amazed by watching. Um, Did they give you, I'm just so interested, did they give you, you know, any heads up on on what they're going to ask you to do or is it really in that time frame you have to come up with an idea and then make it it's really in that time frame i mean you're like one of the hardest things about the whole competition is how in the dark you are about everything like you don't know what wow. time you're getting woken up in the morning where you're going when you get in the car where you're going once you walk out of the car what's like around the next corner like they keep you so secluded on what's about to happen that every single thing is a surprise. Like you don't know when lunch is, you don't know anything. (laughs) So that becomes part of the competition and not getting in your own head and not kind of stressing out and freaking out about all the unknowns because that, that was definitely some chef's downfall. Yeah, no, I would bet. How did you stay so just like even tempered through that? 
Uh, you know, it was kind of, I think a lot of it had to do with my time at when I was working at Quince. I mean, like cooking at a three Michelin star level kitchen. Right. Anything after that is not as hard as a day there. Hmm. So I kind of just kept thinking back. I was like, I got through that time. I could get through this. At the end of the day, it's just cooking. Yeah. How'd you feel, you know, when you made it to the final three to that competition? What did it feel like? I mean, I was, I exceeded my expectations. Like I, I was hoping I would win, but I think everybody goes into it thinking that. And then Mm -hmm. you start seeing the other chefs that you're cooking against and all the accolades they have and all the restaurants they have. And you're like, wow, I don't have any of that. Like, am I an underdog here or how is this going to all pan out? But I think all in all, I'd have no regrets about how I did. I'm actually happier or I, I don't know if happier is the right word, but finishing three rather than cooking my finale meal and potentially losing that. Mm. where I didn't cook a finale meal. And then I'm just like, I helped Joe win the finale meal, which was kind of my meal too in itself. So I think I would feel worse if I cooked the finale and then lost. Yeah. Yeah. That that actually makes sense to me. Uh, Because then it's like, you could cook whatever you want and you lost anyway versus, (laughs) Oh, you had this weird challenge and you lost. Oh yeah. I totally understand. It sucks having to cook in the middle of a field on a giant cauldron using only fire. (laughs) right yeah that's much more difficult (laughs) oh man if you could remake a dish um from the show what would it be uh definitely be the one that got me kicked off (laughs) yeah that makes i don't know i don't know i mean i think the only thing i would do differently would be to really utilize the grill more i mean a lot of things that that people overlooked and would get kicked off for is that at the end of the day they want you to follow the challenge. So like the challenge was using the grill, making grilled food. And like I went over and tasted Joe Flam's dish afterwards. And like after one bite, I was like, shit, this is what it yeah. was supposed to be like. <laughs> and yeah, like dang. just uh-huh. making like a grilled, a grilled dish where I was like more focused on the vegetables that they gave us and utilizing the vegetables in different ways and different preparations of that. When it was like, that wasn't really the challenge. The challenge was make something grilled. So Got it. I think yeah. looking back on it, that's the one I would redo and just make it all about the grill and less about the the variety of vegetables I had. Sure. So what is next for you? Well, um, hopefully opening up uh, my own place. Cool. So I've been traveling full time, doing pop-ups, dinners, events. I haven't been in a restaurant uh, per se, like a home base since, since August last year. Um, and it's been going really well, incredibly grateful to get to travel and share my food with so many people everywhere. That's amazing. But the goal is to eventually settle down, uh, hopefully back up in San Francisco, what I mm-hmm. consider my hometown and, uh, open up shop up there. 